So with that being said, we welcome everyone, regardless of whatever platform that you may be on. And um, we just always say thank you for coming to uh, Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham, where we're changing the world by serving others. Our goal is to open up the eyes of the blind and teach the truth of God's word so it's applicable for daily living, whereby the hearers will come up to God's center of the living for themselves and their families. This is our vision and mission. <clears throat> so we always give shout outs and and um, for birthdays and anniversaries or good deeds or accomplishments. And so, you know, in October, there are a lot of birthdays. Um, I, I know I mentioned some last week. Um, so uh, Sister Sherry Roberts, whose birthday was on the 27th. Happy birthday. Uh, Dr. Henry Roberts Jr., my pastor and bishop, um, happy birthday. Uh, Carrie Stevenson, Bulldog, happy birthday. Donald Purnell, all the way over there in, in uh, Dubai, uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, happy birthday. Uh, and then from the, the professional side, the education side, Christian, uh, Kristen uh, Finnick and Michael Young, happy birthday. Anyone who's celebrating a birthday or anniversary, uh, in the month of October, this is your last day, so you better enjoy it. Um, and then for my main man, who also shares a birthday with me, um, Bryce Prim, which is my nephew. Uh, we're born on the same day. Uh, and so happy birthday to Brother Bryce. Um, you know, I had a message set up, but sometimes when you, um, you go through events or whatever the case may be, the Lord would kind of shift it a little bit. Um, and so <clears throat> for those who don't know, I just kind of said it. I had a birthday this weekend. And so next year will be, I will be turning 55 or as they say, my boss says double nickel. And, um, and so I have just decided that I'm, you know, I'm going to take this whole year. You know how some people say, oh, I'm going to party the whole year for my for my milestone birthday, I think what I'm gonna do for a whole year is I'm gonna um, develop and I'm gonna I'm gonna really put some things in place so that when I get to be 55, you're gonna you're gonna see some things like you've never seen before. And you, so you say, well, well why are you announcing that? Well, see, that gives me a sense of accountability uh, when I do that. Uh, and I think all of us should do that. I think every year you should strive to get a little bit better. Every year you should be striving to grow. Every year you should be striving to do some things, right? And uh, and so in the midst of me reflecting that and in the midst of me talking to my pastor and we were just talking about some different things that we could do and he was talking about places I was going as he was speaking into my life. And, um, and I said, man, I said, this, this is really powerful. So it takes me over to uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, starting at verse number 11. So let's go over there. And let's let's work on this thing just for a minute. When you get there, give me a virtual amen. Oh, I got a. And while you're turning there, <clears throat> a uh, anniversary for the Edwards, Zenas, Zena, and uh, Avis. Um, they're celebrating their 21st uh, anniversary. They celebrated it yesterday. So happy anniversary to the Edwards. Amen. So over in Deuteronomy chapter six, starting at verse number 11, and I'm reading from um, 
the New King James Version, but but it reads thusly. Uh, well, let me let me start at ten. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, good God from Zion, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells, yours may say dig out wells, which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant when you have eaten and full. Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord, your God, and serve him and take oaths in his name. And so I really want to kind of focus in on verse number 11. I want to really, I want to just kind of just squeeze all the nuggets I can out of that. Because it says that houses full of good things, which you did not feel. And so for today, just for a little while, I want y'all to just just humor me a little bit, but but you've you've ever heard um, of the uh, uh, what's the name of that uh, the, the 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 phrase um, you know when people are um, when they feel disrespected or or whatever the case may be they say you know they will use this colloquial term you better recognize right and, and so just for a little while I want to talk about you better recognize. Uh, I think so many times we as believers, and I, I'm not going to even say believers, we as just, just individuals, uh, we tend to um, not really reflect and recognize things that have really got us to a certain place. Um, we think that we've pretty much done everything on our own. And, 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 it, and with the truth of the matter, you really didn't. If it, if it wasn't for some folks that were um, with you, uh, you would really, 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 if there wasn't some folks before you, you really wouldn't be where you are. And, and I, I shared this with someone yesterday that I was talking about my pastor. And I was like, man, let me tell you something. There is no Dr. Prim without a Dr. Roberts. There is no Dr. Prim without uh, a Dr. Annie Wyatt. There is no Dr. Prim without a Beulah Honor. You, you understand or Oscar Honor. Uh, or Fred Prim, or uh, a Lois Ramsey. So there is there, there is no me without folks that were before me. And I think a lot of times we forget because we get to a certain level and we forget really the shoulders that we stand on. And so as I was preparing for this, I, I came across something that I think would be really interesting to you. Uh, first established on December the the thirty the twenty first in eighteen eighteen sixty one, the the Department um, of the Navy of the United States they created this medal and it was the government's highest honor and the most prestigious military decoration that could be awarded to recognize American servicemen for their distinguished. Uh, work um, or uh, acts of valor in war, and and so eventually it would it would become normally a and, and and watch this it's normally awarded by the president of the United States. It's normally awarded by the president of the United States, but he awards it in the name of Congress. So he awards it, but he awards it in the name of Congress. So a lot of times people call it the Congressional Medal of Honor, but realistically. It's just in the name. 
of Congress. Really, the president is the one who makes the award. So to a certain extent, we're erroneously um, naming. I'm going somewhere with this. And, and so uh, a lot of us, we receive some things. God has given us some things, but he's done it in somebody else's name. But, but we give them all the credit and we don't give God the credit. And so, see, I, I, see I'm, I'm working this thing in two tiers. Um, so we, not only do we need to start recognizing those who have been before us, but we need to recognize the ones that God sent us to and or through for him, for them. So what do you mean, Pastor? Uh, not only should I be really giving accolades to all the folks that I just talked about, but I need to give them accolades. I need to give those same or greater accolades to God for saying, hey, thank you for putting this person in my life. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this family. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this organization. Thank you for allowing me to have this particular job or to work at this particular place or to have this particular supervisor and or boss. Why? Because if it was not for the Lord, then you would not have these divine connections that you have. I hope y'all hear me in the Holy Ghost. And so we have to start recognizing God for the things that he has done, the people that he has connected us with. And when we do that, then we can truly, truly, truly start to walk in what it is that he's ordained for us. Now, so so let's let's get some revelation truths here, uh, because I, I think uh, it's, it's critical for us to, to, to start to really uh, um, pull this out. So, so here's uh, truth number one. Truth number one, your blessing was bestowed and not made. Your blessing was bestowed and not self-made. I'm going to say that again. Your blessing was bestowed and not self-made. So a lot of us think that um, these things that, that we've done because we might have been a first generational person to go to college or we were the first person to own a business or we were the first person to be a part of the C-suite uh, in our families and so that we were self-made. No, 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 you weren't self-made. That was bestowed upon you. God gave you the grace. God connected you with someone, a mentor or, or, or someone who saw something in you and pulled it out of you to allow you to, to be in that particular position. Uh, as I as I reflect on the week, before, so those who are from the Birmingham areas and those who know me, they know, man, I love the Magic City Classic like none other. And, and, and I love the events and I love the patronage. But, you know, I always gain some great nuggets uh, out of it. And I'll talk more about it in just a minute. But, but, but you know, the thing that I, I recognize is that, that there are certain tiers of, of events, so, so when you pull the list of events, you got some tiers that are at one level and, 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 and the amenities and the things that they offer, they're okay, they, they're fine. I mean, it's a great time. But then you've got another tier and the amenities are a lot greater. They're a lot more refined. They, they, they're a lot more expensive. The venues are a lot more swankier and, and, and things of that nature. The service is a little bit different. And then you have this top tier. Of places where there's very few folks, and and, and so the the all the amenities and the gifts and everything else and the mementos and the, the keepsakes, all that stuff is different. So the same way in your life, there are going to be some tears. You might have been at one spot, but God is trying to take you to another one, and then He's trying to take you to another one. But at, at each tier, though, you got to govern yourselves accordingly. 
I'm going to say that again. You got to govern yourselves accordingly. Um, there, there's got to be a certain authorization for you to be there. Uh, you have to conduct yourself in a certain manner. And then you have to make sure that you, you um, flow or operate within the confines of the protocol and the etiquette in that particular space. Mm, that's good. That's good, friend. And so when we, we, when we understand that, that the blessing was bestowed upon us and it wasn't just self-made, you ain't just do this by yourself. It was God and it was the folks that he connected you with to be able to do that. Now, why see this? Here's, here's, here's truth number two. Truth number two. Wisdom is granted and not acquired. I'm going to say that again. Wisdom is granted and not acquired. So God gives us the wisdom. The people that he puts in our lives gives us the wisdom. They give us wisdom. And we don't acquire it. We don't just go in. Because when you acquire something, that means you buy it or you go and take it. No, no, you can't take wisdom or you can't um, buy wisdom. No, no, no. It's bestowed upon you. That means that you're seated at the feet of folks. Uh, you, you, you in the word. You, you listening to um, whether it be... Um, uh, different motivational tapes or or different um, messages from different pastors, uh, whatever the case may be. But 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 it's 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 really granted to you, and you you can't uh, you can't acquire it. You cannot. You just cannot. And if anybody tell you that you can buy wisdom, you can't. So someone may say, well, well, pastor, what about when I'm I'm going to conferences or. Or what if? What about when I'm when I'm going? Uh, I'm 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 paying for an executive coach or all these different things. I mean, or even if I'm paying for counseling. Uh, I mean, in am I? I am acquiring it right because I'm paying for it. No, no, you may be paying for the service, but you're not paying for the wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not paying for the service. You might be paying for the service, but you're not paying for the wisdom. You can't pay for wisdom. Wisdom has to be bestowed, I mean, it has to be granted to you. It has to be granted to you. Watch this. I, I'm, I'm going to unpack it for you. I'm just kind of laying the groundwork, laying my case. This is my, my opening statement, my opening uh, for this. Now, here's, here's truth number three. Seeds have already been sown to provide and enhance your harvest. Seeds have already been sown to provide and enhance your harvest. So guess what? You can, you know, some of us were living off of seeds that were sown years and years and years and years ago. See, I'm 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 living off of a seed from from 1959. So when 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 uh, Annie Arnold went to Tuskegee Institute. I'm living off of that seed when she was the first, you know, person in her family to go to college. I'm living off of that, that seed. And now guess what? When, when my child, when she went to the University of Alabama and, and Alabama A&M, she's living off of that seed. And then, and then her child would be the same way. And, and then their child would be the same way. Why? Because seeds have been sown for the harvest. And, and so when we, when we recognize that, that what it does. So, so the, the seed that my mother sowed, guess what, what it did was, uh, I'm going to sow some seeds. And so it, it, it provided 
uh, a harvest, but then it also enhanced the one I had. And so guess what? I add to it to do what? To give to my daughter. And so guess what? Now it just enhances her harvest. And then when she has children, um, it'll enhance their harvest. And so that's how we go from generation to generation to generation. And when we recognize that, how much better it could be. Now, now I, I like to call call these um you know you dealing with this harvest i like to call uh call these folks or or these people i like to call them vineyard planters vineyard planters so let me give you three examples because there's several but let me give you three examples of vineyard planters here's the first example parents your parents are some of the most primary uh vineyard planters Let's think about it now. A vineyard is a, a, is a multi, multiple rows of trees. It's not just one, but I mean it's multiple, multiple, like just multiple. So, so when you think about it, our parents have sown so much into our lives that really for the majority of us, if it wasn't for our parents or if it wasn't someone who was a surrogate parent or someone who stood in the gap as a parent, or who acted as one, whether it be a mentor or something to that effect, if it wasn't for them, a lot of the harvest that we're receiving now, we wouldn't have never been able to reap it. Because they sold those seeds. They sold them. They sacrificed so that we could have. I can't tell you how many times that uh, my parents and grandparents have, have sacrificed just so that I could have have more. I, I know some of y'all can testify right now. Some of y'all ready to shout right now how many times you you went without um going on your favorite trip because you needed to make sure that you paid for all the um the trips uh for your children. Uh yeah, you know what I mean. You know, you got to send them to camp and you got to send them to volleyball camp and cheerleading camp and basketball camp and, and those are trips that, that really you could have been taking for yourself because you needed a vacation, but you knew that you were sowing seed. I can't think about how many times my, my mother would allow me to come to, to um, Birmingham Southern to participate in a basketball camp and my aunt would, you know, would host me and allow me to be there. Well, I tell my aunt all the time, I say, you're the reason I fell in love with Birmingham um, because she was just continuously to sow into me as I would come up to this camp. And, and so here it is, we recognize that, that parents are they're, they're vineyard planters, but guess what? The second is pastors. Pastors are vineyard planters. They're the ones that speak into your life. They're the ones that give you a word. They're the ones that are praying for you and sowing those seeds on a consistent basis. Let me tell you something. If you do not have a pastor, I'm not saying I got to be your pastor, but if you do not have a pastor, you need to find you a pastor. I saw one of my good mentors yesterday. And, uh, and I was telling him about my pastor. And he said, oh, I didn't realize you had a pastor because some people, they think that pastors don't have pastors. No, you need, if you're a pastor, you need to be submitted under some kind of spiritual authority. And, and so, because then there needs to be a sense of accountability when you get off, the people have somebody they can call or you don't have to worry about the people calling because guess what? They'll be so in tune in the spirit that they will know Already that hey man something going on with you what you, what you got going let's 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 talk about this thing 
So, so, so pastors uh, are vineyard planters, but then the third is predecessors. So, so predecessors. So some of us have taken over positions and, 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 uh, and there were people that were predecessors, folks before us who did the work. They were doing the work and they laid the groundwork. And so sometimes you just reap the benefits of, um, of what they've done. Let me, let me give you a personal example. I remember when I, I took over the job in Sumter County, Alabama, and, and, uh, and people talk about it all the time about the building of a new school and, you know, and the merging and how great it was. But guess what? I had predecessors, you know, like Dr. Jones and, and Miss Lula Larkin. They were superintendents before me. They had already been doing the ground and school board members that were before me. They had already been doing the groundwork. And all I had to do was continue to come in and do my part. And, and so sometimes people don't give credit for your predecessors. If anything, they try to do just the opposite. They try to act as if they've done everything. I think about in municipalities or even in the country. Sometimes when you have elected officials, they come in and events happen uh, and, and things start to happen. And you think, wow, they, they were magnificent. But no, this started years ago. It just took a long time to do it. Uh, I gave someone an example. You don't think that somebody just decides today that they're going to build the interstate and then next year we start. No, it's not like a house. No, it takes years and years, decades from studies to uh, feasibility plans to actual plans to legislation to funding, everything else. All that stuff has to happen. And so we have to understand and know that predecessors are, are, are key in the success of a lot of the things that we do. Mm. So <clears throat> let's do this. Let's go over to, um, I think it's Second Chronicles. Let me flip over here. Let me see here. Let's go to Second Chronicles. And chapter, <clears throat> chapter one. Second Chronicles. Chapter one. Hold on, let me get over there. Starting at about verse number seven. Second Chronicles chapter one, starting at verse number seven. <clears throat> let me read this and then I'm gonna unpack it. On the night, uh, let me yeah, yeah, I started seven. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, see that? Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over the people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people for who can judge this great people of yours. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, 
but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you might judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are, watch this word, granted to you. And I will give you, watch this, riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you and shall any after you have the life. Hmm. So, so when I, some of you have heard me teach from this text, but not, not in the manner that I'm unpacking it today. That's the one thing about the Bible, man. You can go to some texts and man, you just, you just get new nuggets and just rich nuggets out of all of this. But, but <clears throat> here's some, some, some key facts about Solomon before I unpack this. Here's the first thing. Solomon had a famous father. You see, you see what I'm talking about? You, 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 you see about parents, pastors, and predecessors. So, so David was his predecessor because he was the king before him. David was his parent. David was his pastor. So, so here it is. Uh, he had a, a, a famous, he had a famous father. The second thing, uh, or the second key fact about Solomon that you might not know is that he was a builder. Remember, he asked Solomon, they asked Solomon, um, or God had Solomon as his assignment to build the temple. So he was a builder. He was a builder. The third fact, he had one of the biggest brain boxes in the ancient world. You see how he asked for wisdom and God granted it to him. Man, that is, see, he had a, you know, he had a brain box that was just humongous for his time, for his time frame. One of the things that I, that I strive for, one of the things that, that I continue to ask God for God, increase my brain box, increase my capacity to, to be able to, to um, take in information and then give it out. I'm going to say that again, take in information and give it out. I shared with someone this weekend, you know, a lot of times we, we joke with each other and say, oh, you know, um, here's Mr. President or here's Mr. Mayor, here's Mr. Governor. And we're not talking about the elected officials, but just guys like us, just random guys. And, um, and, and folks basically, and it's a good way to celebrate one another, to acknowledge their, um, their um, accomplishments and so forth and so on. But I shared with someone I don't know if you've ever seen the document, the documentary on Clarence Avant, who's known as the Black Godfather. But one thing about him, what he would do is he was known around, uh, I would say the world, but specifically in the United States, where he would just simply connect people in all different genres. Well, there was in the, I mean, because he he was raised up in the music business, um, but but I mean to politics, to media to music. I mean, if, if a deal needed to be done, if somebody needed to be connected, Clarence Avant was that person that you could call. <clears throat> and I was telling someone that I aspire to be someone like that because the thing that I loved or I love about Clarence Avant is that is not the fact that he gets paid to connect folks. <sighs> he lives off the seed for connecting people. I hope you're hearing this. He doesn't get paid for connecting folks. He lives off the seed for connecting people. 
I said, I'd much rather be a blessing to folks and connect people to put them with whom God has assigned them to be with so that they can live out their fullest potential. And so in order to do that, you got to have a huge brain uh, brain box. you got to have a huge bandwidth. you got to have huge capacity to be able to know a lot about a lot of things and have the ability to have a duplicity or multiplicity of relationships to be able to do that. And so Solomon was that person that had this huge brain box for his time period. The fourth thing that you may know, the fourth fact that you may not know uh, about Solomon, that he was king much of his life and was considered a huge success. Sometimes we hear about the bad things because people um, talked about uh, that from time to time Solomon kind of moved into this lasciviousness where he didn't have restraint. Yeah, he had some flaws, but, but fairly, for the most part, he was considered a huge success. Let me tell you something. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's an elected official. I don't care if it's your pastor. I don't care if it's your supervisor. I don't care if it's your parents. You know, just because they have some flaws or just because they've done some things that perhaps they shouldn't have done doesn't necessarily mean that they're not a success. I'm going to say that again. Just because they have some flaws... Just because they have some idiosyncrasies, uh, some idiosyncrasies that may not be palatable, just because um, they they may not, um, there may be some shortcomings in some areas, uh, that doesn't mean that they cannot be a huge success. This is this is spe I'm speaking directly to some folks right now, who say you know you feel like your life is really not a success because you got some flaws or you hadn't done some things like you you needed to do. No 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 no. Uh, don't let that kind of damper what, what you've done and what you've accomplished. What you do is you you continue to work to make sure that uh, you can work through the flaws and work through the kinks so that you so that you can um, live in totality of the things that you have done. I got to keep moving. The fifth key fact that you may not know about Solomon is that he came into age. He came into power at the age of 20. Came to power at the age of 20. So why is that so important? Is fact number six. He had a long reign, but a short life. I'm going to say that again. He had a long reign, but a short life. He took over at 20, but he died at 60. So he reigned for 40 years. He was, he was longer being the king than he was not being the king. And so what we see here is that um, you a lot of times we think that we have a lot of time uh, not necessarily true we don't always have a lot of time so you got to work while this day that's what the Bible says you got to continue to move and do the things that God has called you to do when it's time when it's time so now let's 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 talk about Solomon here because I want to lay the groundwork uh, for Solomon remember I said he had a he had a a, a famous father here and so here it is now it's, it's up to him to to rule and so he asked God uh, you know because God asked him so man what you what you want and he, and he tells him I, I, I really I want this wisdom God this, this is this is what I want you've had mercy on my daddy and so now since you've had mercy on my daddy I, I, I want the same kind of wisdom I want wisdom uh, I don't need all this other stuff. Because I want to make sure that I can go in and out. I want to be able to do my job. 
I, I want to make sure that when I'm, when you assign me to do something, I'm going to be the best at what it is that you've assigned me to do. Lord, deliver me from some of the people that we have that live, that's living today, that we do a job just to, for the sake of doing it. If I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at it. I want to make sure that I have all the tools I need to do to be the best. And, and so even when you see in, in verse number 10 where he says, Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before your people for and judge for who can judge this great people of yours. Then he still acknowledges them that even though I'm going to be the king, they steal your people. You, are, you need to start recognizing. See, you better recognize that, that it may be your house, but God gave it to you, so it's still his. It may be your job, but God gave it to you, so it's still his. It, it, it may be um, your child, but guess what? God gave it to you, so it's still his. And so you have to recognize that you're here as a caretaker. You're here as an attendant to what it is that God is giving you. Even your own life, that is good, God. Even your own life, the things that you do, the way you govern yourself, the way you take care of your body, guess what? All of that, it's not yours. Your body is not yours. Your mind is not yours. Your spirit is not yours. It belongs to God. And when you start to recognize that now you become a better caretaker of what it is that you had to do. See, I'm right where I was talking about earlier, about changing or, or making your life or growing and making your life better. Watch this in verse 11. And then God said to Solomon, because you, this was in your heart and you have not asked for riches and wealth or honor or life for, of your enemies, nor have asked for long life. Now, let me say this right here. Solomon never did ask for long life. And if you notice, he lived 60 years. That's less than what God promises. But guess what? But he reigned for 40. And, and so... He didn't ask for long life, but he asked for wisdom, and God gave him what he asked for. And But have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Watch this. So he made him king. God made him king. But watch this. The reason why he was able to be the king, because he had been the prince. What you saying, Prim? Solomon would have never been king now, God could have made him king, but the reason why Solomon was able to become king was because he was already in the royal lineage of David. Some of us have to recognize that the reason why we're here is because of our parents, because of our pastors, because of our predecessors. And when we start to recognize that, how much better we can be. And then watch this verse number 12. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. Remember I said that, that wisdom is granted and not acquired. Solomon couldn't have bought that. He had, it had to be granted to him by God. So even when you get wisdom from your parents, even when you get wisdom from your pastors, even when you get wisdom from your mentors and, and your friends and, and uh, relatives and everything else, it's still coming from God. It's still he's the one that's sowing that into the earth realm. But wisdom and knowledge are granted to you that I will give you and, watch this, and I will give you riches, wealth, and honor. So you mean to tell me, Pastor, that really, if I have the right motive, 
if I seek to do what it is that God has called me to do, he's going to add all this stuff. Yes, amen. He's going to add all this stuff to you. And when he does that, then you have all you need. But but we first have to we have to put things in perspective. And when you start to put them in perspective, when you seek to do what it is that he's called you to do, ooh man, that's good. I don't know if it's helping y'all, but it's helping me. When you seek to do what God has called you to do, then all the other stuff he's gonna add to. Got Bible for it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All, all these things, T-H-I-N-G-S, will be added unto you over there in Matthew 6 and 33. And so when we start to recognize that, when we start to flow in a Matthew 6 and 33 kind of perspective, then how much better can we really roll? So now, let, 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 me, let me say this. Um, Solomon really was living part of a generational blessing. He was living as a part of a generational blessing, and he continued to add to it. So there, to me, there are three stages of a generational blessing. Three stages. You know, we talk about generational curses, but very rarely do we talk about generational blessings. And when we start to recognize that there are some generational blessings and quit always talking about the generational curses, how much better can we be? So the first thing is we got to recognize. You got to recognize the generational blessings. Solomon recognized this in the text because he said, now, God, you let um, you let the promises to David, you let your promise to David, my father, be established. So he recognized that David was blessed. He recognized that. And so he recognized because he was able to recognize that he knew that he was in line for God to do something. So if God would do it for my dad, I guess what he'll do it for me. Now, I ain't asked him for what my daddy asked for, but, but because I know he granted something to him, he would grant it for me. That's a part of the generational blessing. And so when we start to recognize favor with God, favor with men, favor, you know, in all areas of your life, that's a part of the generational blessing. Do you know that there are some folks, let me tell you something. If you are part of the Kennedy family, there's not anywhere you probably can go in the United States of these America. Yeah, I said that, of these America, or these United States of America. But there is no place that you could go in America and folks who haven't been on a rock, if you say I'm a Kennedy, that they wouldn't treat you a certain way or that they wouldn't at least listen to whatever pitch you had or, or, or treat you a certain way. Why? Because of the generational blessing. And so when you recognize that, then you tend to, to um, guard that, that lineage a little bit better. So because I'm, I'm a second generation educator, there are certain things in the field that I just can't do. Why? Because I recognize the lineage that I come from. I recognize whose child I am. So as a result, I want to make sure that I represent the name well. So, but you recognize that. And when you start to recognize that, even from a, a standpoint of a church, you know, I recognize the, the generational blessing that I've received from my pastor. And so when you start to recognize that, 
for those who, who, who may be second generation or owners or of a business, where you have to recognize that, that your parents or, or, or whomever the family member was that you received it from, when you start to recognize that, now you start to value it and you start to use it a whole lot differently. So that's the first stage. So when you get to starting to recognize it, then the second stage is you start to reflect. Because now since you've acknowledged it, because that's what Solomon did, he acknowledged it to God. But then you start to reflect, okay, what can I do with the blessing that I have received? See, you see what Solomon did? He acknowledged what God had done for David. And so when God asked him, what can I do for you? Then he reflected on what he had done for David. He reflected on the ability that he was in a space, watch this, that God would even ask him, what can I do for you? Well, the reason why God asked him, what can I do for him? Because guess what? He was the son of David. So when you start to recognize and then you start to reflect on the generational blessing, it causes you to do the third stage, receive. So let me tell you something. You can recognize all day. You can reflect all day. But if you don't receive it, it's too still of not, it's still for no good. You have to receive it. And what I mean, what do you mean, Pastor, by receiving? When I receive something, I take it in. And when I take it in, I take it in with a sense of value. I'm not just like, I'm just getting in, that's it. No, 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 no. I, I take it in. Let me let me give you a practical example that may not seem like it's connected, but it is. You know, in the United States, we probably throw away more food than, than anywhere else. Why? Because we don't receive the blessing of um, of the abundance of food. But if you were to go to some of these places where they are starving, they would they would value just things that we probably would put in the trash. They would value that. They would receive it. They would just receive it. And so for us, we have to understand and recognize that when you start to recognize and when you reflect, you got to receive it. You got to take it all in and you got to value it. And when you start to do that, then the generational blessing can have its full effect. But if you don't recognize it, if you don't reflect on it, if you don't think on it, and if you don't receive it, if you don't take it in, it's going to be hard for you to live it out till it's fullest. You have no choice but to do those things. So let me leave you with some points of connection because, you know, I always like to do that. Here's the first point of connection. Then I'm going to get out of your head. You stand on the shoulders of giants. You stand on the shoulders of giants. The reason why Solomon was able to do what he did because David was a bad man. They both reigned for 40 years, but David was a bad man. I don't care all the flaws and everything else, Bathsheba, the whole shoe match. You ride that. He was still a bad man. And so Solomon stood on his shoulders. So we all stand on shoulders of giants. And, and, and when we start to recognize that, we tend to now be able to do more because we recognize that not only are we doing something for, our, for ourselves, but we're doing something for those whose shoulders that we stand on. The second thing, empty vessels can't continue to pour. Empty vessels can't continue to pour. 
You remember when I was over in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and we were talking about um, digging wells or, or drinking from wells that we did not dig? And, and, and so uh, we continue to get poured into. You remember when, when we were talking about the wisdom that, that he asked for uh, from God? But we continue to get poured into so that we can pour out more. But if nobody's pouring into you, guess what? You An empty vessel can't pour. And so we've got to continue to take in what it is. And so that goes back to reflecting and receiving the generational blessing and, and, and starting to, to really take it in so that you can continue to be full to a point that you overflow so that you can do it. And then the third point of connection, trees don't grow overnight. Trees do not grow overnight. Trees don't or they do not grow overnight. Do you know that most trees, in order for them to um, become fully mature, it's anywhere from 30 years. Some of them can be uh, take 100 years to fully mature. And so when, when we receive what it is that we've received from our forefathers, our parents, our predecessors. When we receive that, we have to know and understand that some of the stuff that we're living through, I recognize that some of the stuff that I'm doing now, it wasn't because of how, how good I am, but it's because now the vineyard that my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents that they sold are now starting to come into fluid fruition. And so I recognize that even the stuff that I'm doing, the seeds that I'm sowing, and it's, you know, that I will never see the end. So that's why it's so important to pour into your children, pour into people that you mentor, people that you work with. Why? Because you want to see it continue to grow and you want to see a harvest later on. So when you become a part of the cloud of witnesses, you want to be able to look down and say, hey, there's my vineyard that's growing. But the only way that you can do that is you first, you better recognize. Well, come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you now for another time in your word. God, I pray that something was a blessing to those who have heard this. And God, I don't care if it's, if they view this today, right now, real time, or if they see it six months from now, God, I pray that it'll be a blessing that they'll recognize that it's you that is the giver of life and the giver of all things that is good and perfect. And so, Father, we thank you now that this word would be a blessing to those that hear and see. And when it's all said and done, I promise you, I won't take any credit for it, but I'll give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a couple of things that I want to do real quick. Uh, I don't want to make the assumption that you're on a particular platform or you're watching this broadcast and that, that you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible declares over in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. So if you've never, ever remember a time of confessing Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this first appeal is for you. I'm going to make three. The second appeal is that you say, well, Pastor, I'm saved, but man, I backslid. I got good news for you. The Bible declares that he's married to the backslider. Over in the New Testament, he said, what he holds in his hand, no man can pluck him out. So I see it all the time. I don't care what you did last week or last year. It does not matter. God is waiting right here to restore you, just like the, the father did with the younger son who had spent all of his, his living and his inheritance on riotous living. Dad, it just 
killed the fattest calf, gave him a robe, ring, shoes, and said, come on back home. And, and so it's the same way with God. I, I can't save you. I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. I can't restore you. I'm just only here as a point of contact. So if you know that you, you haven't been really right with God and you need to get back in right standing, the second appeal is for you. And then third and finally, you said, well, you know what, Pastor, I'm saved and right standing. But man, I love your teaching. I, I love what the ministry stands for. And, um, and I'm in the Birmingham area, and I just want to be a part of Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham. We would love to have you. We've been waiting on you. So if you know that you need a church home, a place that you can grow in the Word, that's going to hold you accountable in the Word, but it's going to give you good Christian fellowship and love on you and, and give you covering in prayer and in wisdom and in knowledge, then I can't think of a better place than Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham. Or you may say, well, Pastor, I'm not in the Birmingham area, but I would love to be a part of your online campus. You can do it. We have online members. And so if you know that you need, you want to be a part of our, of our ministry or you need to be a part of our ministry, um, this appeal is for you also. So first for salvation, secondly be restored, and third and finally, if you need a church home, you're in the Birmingham area or the greater Birmingham area, or you are abroad, and you want to be a part of our ministry, you can do it two ways. You can simply reach out to me by email, pastorprim at wolcc.us. You see it right there on the screen coming through now on the ticker. Pastorprim at wolcc.us. Or you can simply put in the chat box whatever platform that you own, um, change. And that will be the keyword for us to know that, um, that you would like to be either A, um, saved or be restored or see um, a part of our ministry. Uh, if you would like to, um, like prayer, um, you can simply email me at pastorprim at wlcc.us or you can put the praying hand symbol or if you feel comfortable and um, in sharing what you need prayer for, we'll, we'll make sure that we minister to you appropriately. Amen. <clears throat> well, thank you so much for this time. I pray that you had a good week. I pray that you will have a better week. And each week and each round go higher and higher. But I say all the time until next week on whatever platform that you're watching us on, Lord, say the same. <clears throat> Finish your course, fight a good fight, but most of all, keep the faith. So until next week, you take care and you be blessed. Bye-bye.